0: Well good morning everybody. To the special people that come out on a Saturday morning. Amen. You guys are a special group of people. You guys aren't like everybody else, amen. Not to condemn all the people that aren't here or anything, but uh special group of people coming here on Saturday morning. What are y'all laughing about? Tell me. Uh oh. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> Man, I really uh, have really enjoyed fellowship with you guys. It's been really nice. Uh, we had eight last night and had a great time fellowship with the church and uh, had fellowship this morning. And uh, I mean, you know, the, the grace just makes fellowship sweet. It's one of my favorite parts about the gospel. I mean, all other than the obvious amazing things, you know, but one of my favorite parts is just the, um, you know, just the way it, it, it helps the body to enjoy each other, you know, like as we're here this morning, you know, how I many of there's nobody in this room that's any better than anybody else? Can't get an Amen. And uh everybody here needs Jesus. And uh grace just allows us to uh well, oh, remember Grandma Books. Grace but allows us to um, to be ourselves, be comfortable in our own skin, not feel like we have to like compete against each other or anything like that. Just get to enjoy each other and love each other. How I many know oh, there's way too much competition in the body of Christ already? Amen. Amen. Grace creates a uh, atmosphere of family where we can appreciate each other and not be threatened by each other's you know uniqueness or individuality, and we can celebrate each other and love each other and appreciate each other, and we don't have to compete because how I many you know there's enough of God's love to go around. Amen. Everybody in here, there's plenty of love. You know, we're not you know legalism creates uh, love-starved children that compete against each other um, for approval. And it, what, what happens a lot of times, it actually puts the pastor in a uh, position of, uh, of a taskmaster rather than a shepherd, you know, because he's, um, uh, it, it really, it's hard on pastors and it's hard on people too. So anyway, we don't have that here and uh, and it's good and I'm thankful and uh, I've really, like I said, I've really enjoyed the fellowship. It's been a blessing. So it's been good. So this is my first time here and uh, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, amen. It's good. It's good. I have... Um, I have a family in my church that's from Mobile, and then they have family that's here today. So let's give it up for these guys. Yeah. Brianna and her mama. Amen. What what What's mama's name? I'm sorry. Angie, that's right. Amen. Cool. Brianna was at our youth camp a few years ago, so got to see them. And uh, we have, uh, like I said, a family in our church that's from this area. So they were so excited to find out that there was a Grace Church in this area, so that's awesome, man. So, praise God. Anyway, I just want to give away a few things. Uh, this is my uh, this is my book that's uh, uh, by my testimony, uh, being set free from drug addiction, alcoholism, and all that type of stuff. And um, it got set free from drug addiction and then also got set free from legalism. Amen. And uh, praise God, legalism was harder to be delivered from. Than drug addiction, and alcoholism. I'm still getting set free from legalism. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not completely free. I'm still getting set free. You find areas that you didn't realize you were like that in. So anyway, it's my testimonies. You might want this book. All right. Gotta catch it. Gotta catch it. Oh, almost. All right. Who else? Where you at? All right. Oh, that's so high. Oh, that was cool. That was almost like a bouquet toss. You know what I'm saying? Like, like behind. The, I'm just kidding. All right. They're getting married here soon. So, Amen. Um, praise God, it's good. So, now how much time do I have? No, no, no. I have I have a time limit. Give me a time limit. Me and Paul are me. Me and Paul are on the same page about this. We are we are passionate about this, and most preachers aren't. But it's like they need you. have to honor your time (laughs) because you honor everybody else. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Just want to make sure you know. I mean, respect and honor is important. Amen. All right. I just want to pray. Father, I just uh, thank you for this time with these people. And, uh, Lord, I can just feel that word that you placed inside of me, Lord, reverberating and just telling me to shut up and preach. (laughs) I can feel it. And, uh, Lord, I'm just honored to carry it. I'm just honored to carry it. And, um, Spirit of God, we recognize that that you are the teacher. And uh, you teach us. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you that we want to see Jesus today. We came here to see Jesus. Lord, we thank you for them. Reveal Jesus in the scriptures today. Reveal Jesus in each other today. Reveal the Son of God today, Spirit of God. We thank you for them. And Lord, I just, I ask that you would give me your heart of love for these people. Let me care about them the way you care about them. Let place all of the Father's heart inside of me for them. So that as I'm, as I'm speaking here this morning, that these words would um, be words coming from a heart that cares about these people, Lord, beyond just their faces, Lord, but just their families and their children, their marriages, everything that pertains to them. I just ask that you would fill my heart with love and um, love through me today, Lord. Let the words that I speak not just be words of knowledge, but let these words be filled with love and let these words edify and strengthen and encourage and draw people near to Jesus, Lord, in, in a sense of relationship, and uh, Spirit of God, we thank you that you just speak a word in due season. I thank you, Lord, that you, you, you're a good daddy, and you want to talk to your kids today, and uh, your kids are here, and they're here to hear from you, and uh, Lord, I just thank you that you speak through me into their lives uh, today, and uh, if there are missing pieces of their understanding on who you are, or uh, elements of wisdom, or missing pieces of the puzzle that they don't have, I thank you that you would deliver that. To them today, Lord, beyond my capacity and beyond my understanding, but love on your kids today, Lord, and let me be that channel, let me be that uh, door that Jesus walks through this morning, and Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name, Amen. Um, what well, God began to lay on my heart during worship, and um, but let me begin by asking you this question: What's the definition of pure, A pure grace church? Dang, I, I, I kind of felt like I was going to be overwhelmed with answers, but there's like a, there's a sila, there's a pause, and go ahead, unadulterated. Okay, anybody else? What else? Undiluted, unadulterated, undiluted. I'm sorry, without guile, excellent, pure. So it's like, <clears throat> it means that it, it the 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 genuine thing is present, and it's not contaminated, it's not diluted. It's not adulterated, it's not tampered with or messed with, it's just pure, 100% the real thing, amen? And um, uh, how many know that that when something, even your vehicle, how many know when your vehicle um, is running on good gas, it runs good? Anybody ever get water in their gas tank? It's awful, man. You just think there's something wrong with your car. But really, the issue is there's not something wrong with your car. What's in what what's been placed in your car it is, is not as pure as it should to be should be. And as a result um, of those impurities, um, it's affecting the way that your car performs. How many know that um when grace is mixed with legalism, of course we know it gets nullified. And how many know that that when we are not operating out of a place of grace, that a lot of times we're not we're not our function and our performance is not the place that it that it necessarily should be, because we don't have that that pure grace flowing through our lives, and um, you know the the thing that God has really laid on my heart um, this morning is I just want to talk about love, um, you know love is what gives life um, purpose, okay, because without it. We're, 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 we're basically left with our, our motives being very, uh, very low realm, very low realm motives. And for example, you know, Old Testament, the primary motivating force um, in the Old Covenant was fear. Now, there was love that was present. There was love that was there. Uh, God's been gracious the whole time. Uh, you know, the fall did not change God's nature. But an unregenerate, unredeemed man it's difficult for that man to be motivated by love. but And so under the old covenant, fear was the primary motivating force. But how many know under the new covenant that they take out, um, Jesus takes out that old nature and then he places in a new nature and now this nature runs on love, amen? And uh, this, this nature um, is motivated by love, responds to love, and is created in the image of love. Can I get an amen? And so um, that is ultimately God's intention is that that love would become uh, the, the, the force that, that woos us. Paul says compels me, um, controls me, you know, uh, uh, causes me to move forward. I mean, you know, when your action is motivated by love, you enjoy what you're doing. When you're when you're when you're when you're in that place and, and what I want to talk, i I think I'm gonna talk about is pure love. How many know that, that that we want if pure love was coming out of an individual, I'm talking about hundred percent pure love was coming out of an individual, how many know that you would see Jesus in that individual? Regardless of what they look like, uh, regardless of their background, regardless of anything external. If a pure love is flowing out of someone, you're going to see Jesus in that person's life. Amen. Now, how many know that that, that everybody in here, God's intention is that the primary motivation of your life would be love. Amen. And but how many know that we we are learning how to do that? Because a lot of times, what's happened is you know many of us have been hurt, uh, hurt in the name of love. Uh, how many know when when people are hurt? They have a tendency to draw back and self-preserve, okay? And uh, I got to try, I got to take care of me. I've got to take care of my, I've got to take care of my own. I've got to take, I mean, that's the way most of the world operates. Most of the world operates out of a place of fear. And fear will always leave you very self-focused, very selfish, and very much just thinking about yourself. Fear will lead you to survive, Looking to survive. I mean, love will lead you to actually live. Okay, and so God's intention is to now. Here's the thing: how I many know if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, love is on the inside of you. How I many you're created in the image of love? You can't get more of the new creation. You can't get more of Jesus. You can't get more of love. Everybody here, there's an almighty, pure, uncontaminated love nature that's been placed on the inside of you. Now, what we're looking to do is we're looking to undam that love in your life personally, okay? Because when that happens, um, it's going to change you. It's going to change the world around you. It's going to change why you live. I mean, if we have a low realm of motivation, we can get weary um, in life. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? If my primary motivation is just money, I mean, know oh, that, that, that all of life is business to me. If my primary motivation is just to get and to take and to have and to cons- consume, I mean, know oh, that ultimately I'm going to grow very weary. Um, Regardless of my giftings, regardless of my strength, regardless of my ability, I'm going to grow weary because I was not designed to run on fear and greed. You follow me? And so now legalism, unfortunately, just compounds the problem because what happens is you get saved, you get a love nature stuck down on the inside of you, but you're given no instruction and wisdom on how to allow that love to flow out of you. I mean, you know, love doesn't flow out of you through demand. Wait, a on, Jeremiah. You got to love. Come on, man. You got to love. You need love more. You need to love your wife more. You need to love your kids more. You need to love your church more. I mean, you know, you can, we can make that statement to every single person here. Because, I mean, you know, none of us ultimately, we just don't measure up, right? We have good days. We have bad days. You know, praise God we have a Savior. Amen. But love does not come through demand, Um, the, the unlocking of that floodgate, okay? It actually, the unlocking of that floodgate happens through understanding how much you are loved and experiencing that love, this is very important, on a regular basis. See, because I think sometimes we can have a cerebral definition of what love is And we can have a cerebral definition of what the gospel is, but how many a relationship is a series of experiences, time spent enjoying someone. Amen. If I spend enough time, um, you know, I got got a bunch of teenagers with me. I'm always around a bunch of teenagers, and so you know what that means? That means I smell like I smell like (laughs) Axe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's the cologne they all wear. You know what I'm saying? in, in the '90s, it was Drakkar. You know, praise God that thing has died. Amen. Drakkar has choked many people out. You know? <laughs> I wore it all the time, man. Um, but if I spend enough time around these kids, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna smell like them. And I know that's a, maybe a strong analogy, but when you spend time around love and being loved it slowly starts to unlock that floodgate on the inside of you because the love has a course. It wants to run to you and it wants to run through you. And it's not completed its course until it's run to you and through you. As grace people, we've gotten better at learning how to receive love because I mean, you can't receive love until you understand your forgiveness. Amen, you just can't. You cannot understand that you're loved by God if you don't think that you're forgiven. And so... We've gotten, we've started to get good at receiving love, but how many know love has not run its course until it's went through you? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, I mean, you want to receive love, you want to receive the love of God, you want to enjoy it, you want to believe it, but how many know God wants to love through your life? And love flowing through you looks differently than it looks like flowing through me. Can I get an amen? Your personality, your giftings, your calling, your experience—all of these things—but um, when you are being loved. And you are loving. It is in that moment that you are experiencing the greatest level of freedom that the Father has for your life. Not just being loved, but loving, letting it flow through you. See, under legalism, we thought we had to love God in order for him to get Him to love us. I mean, that's a bankrupt system, and it doesn't work like that. He is the initiator. He loves you first. Amen? He deposits in your heart first. And then he gives you the love to love him back with. He gives you the love to love those around you with. Amen? And so um, this is God's intention. And so there's that place where we finally get free of ourselves. That's, our, that's one of our greatest challenges. One of our greatest bondages, if you will, is, is self-focus. I mean if, you're, if you're, if you're, I mean, if I were self-conscious this morning, I could not minister to you effectively. The best thing I can do is forget about me, which is why I pray. One of the reasons I pray. But if, I can just, if we can just lose sight of me, and I can lose sight of me, and I can just focus on you and focus on him, on the Father, and let him love through me, then I can have some moments of absolute freedom of being uh, the face of the Father to a specific group of people. Amen. And so God wants to bring greater and greater levels of freedom in your life and unlock that floodgate of love down on the inside of you to say, I mean, love's the only thing that can set you free from fear. Can I get an amen? Love's the only thing that drives out fear. And, and what that love will do is it will cause you to live for something other than yourself. And I think, you know, we, we've spent so much time abused in legalism that um, we've been hurt, we've been wounded, that we, and how many of y'all in legalism, you basically poured your life into something that didn't love you back? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's painful. And so you poured yourself, you poured yourself, you poured yourself, right? And so then you get a hold of grace. And you you start to get on the receiving end of God's love. And you're now hesitant to pour yourself into anything again because of how hurt you were in those days. And so what can happen? In the name of grace... We can grow very selfish and very comfortable and very complacent. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you for that. Complacent. And we don't know why we're not excited and we had the fire that we once had in legalism. And we don't know why there's that sense of kind of discontent down here. And and what happens is, if we're not careful, this amazing love that we've received um will will, will stop here. <laughs> because we've been so hurt, we don't want to give, we don't want to give out anymore. We don't want to stick our necks out anymore. We don't wanna we've been so taken from that we're hesitant to pour ourselves out again. Amen. And that's okay, and I'm speaking from experience too. And and so, but the thing about it is is If we just stay here and we just receive love, but we don't give love, we're not going to be happy. And we're not going to be satisfied and we're not going to be content. And, 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 and ultimately, um, because I mean, the, the reason the branch is attached to the vine is so that it can bring forth the strength of the vine's fruit so that other people can pluck the fruit off the vine and eat the fruit and get the seed, and so the river's not just for me. The river is for me, <laughs> but it's not just for me. And the intention is that you would, re- you, your revelation of grace, your pursuit of grace, your pursuit of the new covenant, your pursuit of understanding. Anybody after something here? You know what I'm saying? Your understanding of who the Lord is and all of these things. Um, they they are to to set the stage to break the dam on the inside of you and cause your life individually to be a love flood. Now, if, if love is flowing to you and through you, to you and through you, to you and through you, and all of us are receiving this love and it's flowing through us, do you think that the little tributaries and rivers that are flowing out of our lives might come together as a big, mighty, rushing flood to flood the earth I mean, you know, politics is not going to change the world. Can I get an amen? Media is not going to change the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what will change the world? Love. And, I, and I'm not trying to sound contrived. I'm talking about real love. See, how uh, I mean, you know, many legalistic love is weak, it's filled with sweat, <laughs> it's filled with self-focus, and at the end of the day, it'll kill you because it actually brings you under the curse. I just did that just a second ago when I started demanding love of you. I'm actually bringing you under the curse. Demand does not produce supply. And so God's intention is that that love would get so strong on the inside of us and and, and it would begin to flow through us that our motives would begin to be washed by the love of God. and 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 instead of striving and earning and living and surviving out of my low realm of impure motives i could through the experience of god's love and allow my motives to be cleansed by love so that the driving force behind my life is not fear is not money is not comfort is not satisfaction it's not my kids it's not sports it's not school, it's not ministry, that I would love the same way that I've already been loved. That makes life a rich, real romance. That makes life worth living because I'm not just surviving because how many know love will take the smallest mundane action and turn it into something beautiful? You know what I'm saying? Like something so small, like you know, if like making somebody a cup of coffee. How many know if you make somebody a cup of coffee out of love? There's power in it. You know what I'm saying? Come on now, what's up, Irving? Good to see you, brother. (laughs) Um, There's power in it. There's, There's power behind every action that's motivated by love. Every single one. I mean, you know, we, we've seen all the, you know, the crazy stuff going on in the world that we're living in. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that. But how I many every once in a while, you see somebody rise up in love. Every once in a while, you have somebody rise up and have enough courage to take a stand and love someone that they don't agree. I mean, we see pictures of it, pictures of people hugging, you know, and pictures of, of you know, certain things happening where someone have the courage to rise up in love. Because, see, it's easy to be angry. It's easy to be offended. It's easy to jump on the wagon of complaining. It's easy to do all those things. It feels good to your flesh to have a war cry rallying around against someone else's mistakes. <laughs> Are y'all tracking me here? And, and, but, but that's easy. But how I many of it takes courage to stand up in the face of all that adversity and make a decision to love? And it's every one of those simple actions, those simple behaviors that actually has impact and brings change into the world. Every time you have encountered love, it's changed you. whether it would be in a church, through you know a minister or pastor, whether it be through your mom, through your dad, through a friend, through a teacher. you know I had a teacher in high school that took me under his wing. I was an atheist and a drug addict alcoholic, crazy person and um, he took me under his wing and began to just uh, sow the gospel into my heart and began to just care about me, taught me how to drive, you know, uh, took me to my first concert, all these things. And it was, and I never received Jesus around that guy, never. Like I fought him tooth and nail the entire time. But, I, but years later, that seed that he had sowed down into my heart and the love that he had shown me, just as a teacher in a school, changed my life forever. And 20 years later, I'm still sharing that testimony. And in eternity, I'll be sharing that testimony because someone made a decision to, to love this rude, you know, just gnarly, obnoxious teenager. You know, like no reward for loving me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's one of the beautiful things about love. How many of you love doesn't want a reward? Love's not looking to get. Love is looking to give. Now it doesn't mean that you won't receive, but how many know you're receiving will be done through the Father. And God will raise up people to bless you and to help you along the way. Because you've become a flagship of love in the land. See, folks, the reason we've received this revelation of grace and the you know, just the amazing grace and the finished work of the cross is so that we can show the world how the church is supposed to love. Because the legalists don't know how to love. They're all trying to compete. They're all trying to show that they're the most loving, you know? And so what we can't do, we've got to leave this place. we've left this place of legalism, and and we've got to get to the place where we, we get over the hump of, of grace selfishness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and there and there's a season of this. There's a season of licking your wounds. There's a season, and it's different for everybody. And there's no condemnation here. But this this isn't the end game this isn't the end this is actually a transition because there's this place how I many know paul was i would dare say probably the freest guy in the room Talk about the apostle paul yeah, yeah. paul understood grace paul understood freedom but if you look at paul he actually relinquished his freedom and let go of it in order to serve in love and he said love compels me the love of christ and constrains me. Love keeps me from doing something. Love makes me do something. And and there is, you know, if you look at it in the Amplified, Paul said there was a supernatural energy. There was a supernatural power that drove his life. And it was love. He encountered the risen Christ after the cross and received a love that he did not earn and he did not deserve. And it so overwhelmed him. How many of you know Paul knew that he was a son? but paul referred to him himself as a servant quite often doulos in, in you know in the, in the greek and what happened was paul was so overwhelmed by the love of god that he chose to live a life of serving in love and as a result of that he got set free from himself and as a result of that paul lived are y'all tracking me he didn't just survive he lived And so there's an invitation, of course, to come out of legalism. People are still coming out of legalism. But there's an invitation to come out of this place, to come into this place where love becomes pure. You're continually receiving love, and then that love gets so big in you that it starts to flow out of you. Maybe 20% of your motivation is love. 30% is love. 40% is love. You follow me? And I'm not saying it's going to be 100% of the time you're going to have nonstop love flowing through you just because of the way this, you know, of the the carnal mind and the things we deal with in the earth. But what I am saying is there is a place that I believe is open to us, that we're invited to, where we become love-dominated believers. And and love, you know, compels us, conforms us, constrains us, moves us forward, and we get set free from ourselves, and we're actually like living life, to the full as a result of just the impact of love on the inside of us. And so, I mean, know? once again, that's really living. And and when, when love when love is flowing through us. And so um it's a transition time. Now, here's the thing about love. Love is easily defined, but must be regularly experienced. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, how do you get this to happen? Just in a practical sense. How am I going to be, allow... Uh, well, first of all, I will say this. It's important to understand when you're here that this is not your final place. You understand that? Because I feel like everybody that comes out of legalism, they have this season where they're licking their wounds and they're hurt, and they're just they're just kind of on the take for a season. And, but ultimately, God wants to love you out of that place of woundedness and bring you over into your next season of where you're a love dominated person, amen. Um, and it's and it's, I mean, it's a good thing, but okay, this is what I'm trying to say in the mornings when I would take my son to school. Um, we would, I would, this is where we used to live, I would park on this hill and, um, you go out and it'd be cold and there, of course y'all don't know about cold down here but <laughs> be ice, ice on the windshield you know what I'm saying, it's all thick and stuff you can't take your, your son to school with ice on the windshield and so what I would do, I would turn the heat on but then I would turn my car around and point it towards the sun and if if you will point your, your car towards the sun and your windshield is just allowed to experience the sun's rays I mean over time the ice is going to melt quicker love's the same way Love is, it just it just keeps shining on you, and shining on you, and shining on you, and breaking things down, and removing shame, removing condemnation, removing uh, self-focus, removing fear, because you'll never be a love-dominated person if you're a fear-dominated person. Amen? Love is the only thing that drives out fear. And so, how you many know a fear-dominated life is stressful? To say the least, I mean, you know, every—I a- mean, I can do an action in fear, or I can do an action in love. And if—if if my life is—and how and I many know oh, this is happening everywhere in the world we're living? People are living in a state of fear all the time, folks. It's not good for people. It's not good for people physically. It's not good for people emotionally. But people, because of all the stuff that's going on, there's this crunch of fear, and how uh, I many know oh, where are you out? I mean, a lot of, some, of the, some of the arguments people are getting into in, in their in their marriages, in their relationship and stuff, is just a result of fear. Some of the things, that, you know, arguments with their kids is a result of fear. And we have we have to make a decision, as people that understand grace and understand the love of God, is that, man, we're, we're going to have to let this love burn the fear out of us so that we can be a part of the answer in the earth and not a part of the problem. Amen? And so... Um, that, this is God's intention, this is God's plan so that that love would come into us and then it would begin to flow out of us. And once again, it would look differently flowing through different people, different motivational giftings, um, but it is a beautiful thing and it is God's plan for our life. And I do believe it's what's going to really, really change things. You know, I think people have grown weary with religiosity. I think we can see that straight across the board. I think people are hungry um, for things that are real and things that are genuine. And um, love is what provides um, that genuineness and that, and that realness, amen? And so all that being said, I'll, I'll, I'll come back and I'll say this. God loves you, amen? And he loves you more than anyone has ever loved you before. All your sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. You're a child of God, amen? You're the righteousness of God. You have a bright future ahead of you. God loves you so much. He loves everything about you. Um, he knows your He knows your down sitting and your uprising. He knows your thoughts are far off. He is totally and completely in love with you. Isn't it great? Isn't it good news? You know, I was talking to where's she at? Yeah. yeah, I was talking to you last night, and I, she was sharing her testimony with me, and she's talking about how she'd ser- You know, she you know served the Lord for like fifty years before she knew this, the, how much God loved her. And one night, she was sitting in the back, and it just clicked, just clicked, you know? And, and you know, the sun had shined long enough that the ice was melted, <laughs> amen? And then your heart realized, the, God loves me. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, realize. I mean, you, know, you can say that from a cliche format, God loves me, or you can say it from a place of revelation. And when she was sharing with me last night, and I saw in her eyes where when the breakthrough happened, and she really found out God actually loved her. She spent her whole life trying to prove to God that you, that, that you were worthy of his love and that you loved him and all that. But when she got that, I could just see a total, complete transition and change on the inside of her, a place of rest, a place of enjoyment, a place of actually enjoying her Christianity. Amen. How I many know oh, that is a powerful place? And it's a beautiful place. And, and it's one of the reasons that what you do here at this church is so important. Because how I many know oh, God wants every one of his kids to know that he loves them that much? Can get an amen? He wants every single one of his kids to know that. And when someone gets a hold of that, how I many know oh, it changes their life? When you finally found out, find out that you're not tolerated, you're not just tolerated by God. You're not just, ah, you're okay, but you're actually adored. Amen? And and that's a revelation that happens, but it's also something that needs to be revisited on a regular basis. Can I get an amen? Yeah, I've been married for almost 20 years. And how I many of you know if I only told my wife I loved her one time, we'd have a problem? <laughs> I meant it the first time I said it. I only got to say it once. Yeah, right. Um, how you know she needs to be regularly reminded that I love her. Because we live in a world that does not love us. And how you know we live in a world where everyone doesn't feel like they're good enough. There's all this competition and there's all this junk, right? And so she needs a regular I love you. I need a regular I love you from her. Our kids need regular I love yous. Amen. And and because you need a reaffirming, you need a you need you need to be reminded. You need to be, um, amen. There's just a reaffirming that has to happen. So what God wants for you is to give you a fresh "I love you," amen. He wants to give you a fresh "I love you" on a regular basis, so that. That love in you would just start to build up and build up and then start to overflow and you'd be living a life out of a place of love. You know, I just encourage you if you're watching online or you guys, you know, the people that are here today, ask God about what it means to be in this place and ask God to take you into that place. Because this is not something I can give you some kind of seven e-course on, you know what I'm saying? This isn't like... This is not because everything I've told you, you know. I haven't really told you anything you don't know. Uh, Maybe, maybe a couple things, but not much. But most of most of what this getting out of here and getting over here begins with discontent. Discontent. How many know? Sometimes discontent is the greatest catalyst for change in your life. As human beings, we love comfort. Let me be comfortable. I mean, praise God, man. How I do mean, you know that uh, the whole quarantine thing has changed the way I view comfort? Amen. My, I, I, I'm now a Jedi of comfort. I used to be just a Padawan, but I have now increased. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, <laughs> y'all remember that first pair of pants you put on that wasn't elastic? <laughs> And you're like, dang, <laughs> you're like, what has happened here? You're like, why do I even wear pants that aren't elastic? You know what I'm saying? I mean, as a pastor, I got used to, you know, just putting on my shorts and walking in them and just preaching right there in my, you know, in my bedroom on, you know, live stream. And I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I had my coffee, my shorts, my flip flops. I'm going to go, I'm going to go preach. <laughs> got used to uh, we all got a little more brandish into our place of comfort you know over the whole quarantine thing but so sometimes discomfort, discontent, dissatisfaction, even though the kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy okay but y'all ever had that place where you just knew something needed to change. And and uh, sometimes that can be the Lord preparing your heart for something new, because we 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 love comfort so much that like some of us, how many know when the children of Israel went to the Promised Land? There was a group that didn't go into the Promised Land; they stayed on the outside. They're like, "Ah, we're good, we're good, we're cool, we're happy." (laughs) And but how many know that Promised Land? wasn't as much, I mean, certainly it was about them, but how many know God wanted them to have that promised land? He wanted it for them. You ever want something for your kids? You know, you give them a gift or something like you want them to have that. And they did not take um, what God had given because they grew content and satisfied on the outside of the promised land. And and I'm all about contentment and satisfaction, and that's what grace brings. And I know that we don't don't run our lives like we used to in legalism. You know, legalism is all about more, 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 harder, 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 pray more, pray more, all these things. And I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is there's a place of discontent that is the preparation of the heart for the next season. This season is old. This is old, that's old, everything's old. What's going on? Well, what's happening is God is preparing you for a place of transition. Because how many know transition is scary? (laughs) Nobody likes transition because transition is I have, you know, I have jumped from one place and I'm going to another. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got that period of time. (laughs) Did y'all see that vertical? No, you didn't because I jumped down. (laughs) It's that there's a, a period of time where nothing was holding me. This wasn't holding me. This wasn't holding me. I was in a period where nothing was 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 stability for me. And so, how many know that transition point can be a scary time? But how many know that my trajectory was sure because I already knew where I was going? But I I, I caused the trajectory. Listen, God started your project your trajectory before you were born. Okay, you have a trajectory. You have a promised land. You have an end goal. You have uh, the fullness of the promises that God has made to you scripturally and personally that he wants to bring to pass in your life. So there is a trajectory, but in order to get where you're going, I mean, you know, there are times of transition where it seems like times of uncertainty. But I want to tell you that your father loves those moments. See, because, like, it's in those moments where you're jumping or you're making that transition, you're making that move, where the only thing you have is him. you have anything else? He doesn't have tons of people that will go here. Most people won't go here. And no disrespect to him. Still, you know, still going to heaven and Jesus loves him and all that. You know, but, but when you, he's the only thing you got, right? He loves that. He lives through that, because that's where he's dad. That's where he's daddy. That's where he's papa, and that's where you're the child, and that's where you trust him. You follow me? You know my, my two year old. We uh, we're we're, jeez, praise God, Amen. <laughs> Y'all just pray for me right now. No, just kidding. <laughs> Lift your hands and pray for me. No, uh, he's very different and very funny and very much the oldest is like my wife, easy. Wise, so so easy. Youngest is like me. Praise God. And so, like he's just strong personality, and 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 um, very self-willed, and very independent, and all these things. But one of the things that that I've been uh, loving with him is, you know, how many? of you know they closed down all the public schools, to, not public schools, but public pools too during the whole pandemic thing, right? Well, they opened hours to where you could go for two hours with only a certain amount of people, but you could go to the pool. Well, dear God, it's like we're going to Disney World. You know what I'm saying? Like We get to go to the pool. We're going to swim. We're going to leave the house, you know. And um, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And so, like, my 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 two-year-old is so independent and so, so, he doesn't want you to do anything for him. He wants to do everything. I got it. Self. I do self. I do it myself. But in the pool, he can't do it himself. In the pool, he needs me. And 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 so I get to for two hours, I get to fellowship with him and spend time with him and get to help him and and be there for him and be a blessing to him. And it is an absolute joy to my heart as a father. And it's a joy to his heart as a child. And so like in his place of, uh, you know, in the water and stuff of not being sure of himself, I get to come in and rescue him and help him. And during that 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 period of time. I've been teaching him to jump off the side of the of the of the uh, pool, right? I mean, that's the thing, right? You jump off the side. So he's slowly grown in confidence to where now he'll jump if I'm not looking. <laughs> so I gotta watch, you know what I'm saying? But initially he wouldn't jump. Like initially it took some time, right? But slowly he's tested me and proved me enough that he's ready to go. He's ready to jump. And so what I what I want to what I want to say to you. there There are people in here today that you have tested and proved the Father over and over and over again. He has proved himself faithful to you, okay? But we like comfort. We like safety. We like knowing what we're dealing with. We like things that we can, that we can trust in ourselves. And here's the real issue here, and be in control of. That's actually the real issue. And he is saying to you again, (laughs) I'm asking you to trust me and jump again. Amen. Now, that may look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, It's not a specific thing, but it is is an issue of trust. You know, once again, when you jump and you're in that free fall, there's that moment of where you have nothing to stand on. And so, but here's the thing. In order for you to leave this place of complacency and the oldness of this season, there is an element of transition to get into this new place. Amen. Y'all tracking me here? There's a reason the bread got old every day talking about the uh, manna there's a reason for it and the reason was is God didn't want you to set up your life in some kind of ritualistic mindless thing God wanted a regular walking in the cool of the day with you God wanted a regular relationship with you how many of you get going in this thing long enough and you can you can almost do it without relationship especially if you got a gift and we all do But it's not the demonstration of your gift that's the sweetness of the Father. It's relationship. It's jump into my arms. It's You're not in control. I'm in control. But I'm not going to let you fall. Trust me. Walk with me. I'm not going to fail you. Are you all tracking me here? Now, but then in this life, we've all had moments where we jumped and we hit the ground. Can I get an amen? Come on now, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Because what happens is, is when you've jumped and you hit the ground, your trust gets damaged. Or you prayed for someone and they they didn't get healed. Or Or you started this and it didn't work. Or you walked down this road and it failed. And so when those types of things happen, it's called hope deferred, which makes the heart sick. And there can be an element of pushing down of hope because you've been hurt and your trust has been has been damaged. Now, I don't have the answers for you on why it didn't work, why the person wasn't healed, and why it failed. And I'm not even going to try to answer the whys on that. There was a time in my life where I, I used to try to do that. There's a time in my life as a minister where I had it all figured out. I knew everything. <laughs> my nice, my theology is a nice, neat little box with a little bow on it, you know. And, and uh, But the longer I've walked with God, the more I realize it's okay to say, I don't know. Is there anybody in the earth that's an expert on God? Anybody got the market cornered on God? Nobody does, right? We're all students. Um, we're all learning. You never stop being a student. I mean, especially about the Lord, you know. And, and, and in those moments where we don't know why and we don't have the answers, and I'm not going to, once again, I'm not even going to try to answer it, but this is what I am going to say. When you, do get, when you do pass on and this body leaves and you're with the Lord, you're going to find out that God was, was, was better than what you thought he was, God was good the entire time, and and the failure was mercy. The um, the, you know, all the uh, ultimately, we're going to find out that our God loves us, and and we don't understand everything that happens, and that's okay. How I many? That's what trust about. If my relationship with God is is I push this button and I get that, and I push this button and I get that, I'm in control. That's not the kingdom. Kingdom said, you're not in control. You know what I'm saying? I'm in control, and if you'll trust me, I'll take you amazing places. You know, I'll do amazing things in your life, and you'll have an amazing life. Just trust me. Um, and so there are times when you push the button and nothing happens. Amen. And it's in those times, listen, this is so important, where your trust is tested, where your faith is tried, which is more precious than gold that's what you're bringing with you when you go to heaven you're not bringing your clothes and your car and all that type of stuff you're bringing that faith that was tested by fire where you trusted God when things failed and you still stood y'all tracking me here that's what's valuable. That's what's eternal. That's what's going to last forever. That's what you're going to be talking about around the table uh, with, with, with other believers that have passed on. and You're hearing their testimony. You're going to be talking about these times where you trusted the Lord and, you know, and, and it didn't look like things were going to go through and it looked like things were going to go bad. You know, and, the, and so I, I, I say all that to say that you will have answers and you will have wise. But in this life, you might just have a trust me amen going back to my two-year-old again i um i uh we have his diaper you know what i'm saying <laughs> all the time and uh he thinks every time it's time i get a diaper change it's an mma match <laughs> like he's like sweep the leg you know what i mean he's just ready man it's just crazy and so like he thinks like when i'm changing his diaper he's like what is wrong with dad like he's trying to shut down my phone like, I'm trying to play over here, and you trying to grab me and change my diaper. What is wrong with you, man? You know, I have something I have to do. Now, there is no amount of explaining that I can convey to a two-year-old that you just can't walk and can't kick around with poop on your butt all day, man. You know? It's not good for you. I mean, I could tell him that all day. He ain't hearing it. He don't care. He does not have the ability to understand the Why? So he's just going to have to take the trust. Y'all tracking me? There are times in your life when the situation, the failure, the fall through, the the push of the button and nothing happened, when those things happen, that it's beyond your ability to understand right now. Just like my two-year-old can't understand why he's got to have his diaper changed, there are things that Almighty, Omnipotent, Omniscient, All Powerful God knows that He can't convey to you yet. So you're just going to have to trust Him till you get to the other side. Y'all, tracking me here? Because the falls can damage you to the point that you want to live in comfort. You want to live in safety. You want to live in control, but your destiny's out there on the wind and the waves. Y'all tracking me here. Your destiny's not in the boat. Your destiny's out on the water with Jesus. But but it but you gotta you gotta step out into a place where you're not in control, into a place where you're totally, you have to have him show up. Amen. I mean, you know, he loves that place. He's looking for people to walk with him out on the water. He's looking for people to, to, to walk with him in relationship. It's exciting to him, you know? He enjoys it. And, but when we've been hurt and we've fallen so many times, sometimes our heart can get so hurt and hope can be so deferred and our heart can be sick and we can get to that place to where we're afraid to hope, we're afraid to trust. But if you stay here, you're not going to be living. You're just going to be surviving. And so you have an invitation to live. Amen. And that and that discontent that you feel, that's stirring in your heart, is preparation for the next season. Because if this is really important. If you were happy to stay where you are, that's where you would stay. <laughs> But God's shaking the cage a little bit, stirring the nest a little bit, because he needs you to, to step forward and, and to move into the next season you have. Now, that could be that season could be work. That season could be ministry. That season could be a family. Um, that season could be, um, you know, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. That season could be, there could be a million different things that that, that next season operates in. But God's intention is to bring you out. Now, in order... And one of the transition points is love. Okay? Because as long as I'm just living for myself and comfort and and all of these things, love's not really flowing through me. How many know love is a little dangerous? It really is, man. Love says, I'm going to do something completely illogical. (laughs) You know? Love steps out and gives loves jumps, and, and what, I, what I really just want to kind of encourage you to, I'm going to pray for you guys, I'm just going to pray over everybody, but that, that God would touch your heart to, to, to pull you out of this season, to allow love to begin to flow through you, and to bring you over into this fresh season that God has for your life, amen, and, uh, but you're not going to leave that season until you're discontent, and you're fed up with it, amen, Anybody fed up with some things? <laughs> Amen. And that that sets the stage for transition. But in this place, it's a fresh place. And you know what? Here's the thing. This place is going to get old, too. And you have to walk, you're have going to have to step forward to the next place. Amen? And that doesn't always mean like a geographical location change. It can mean that, but it doesn't. It, there's just different seasons for our lives. But what God wants as a whole is he wants love flowing through gray circles. Love. we got to have it, man. Because if not, man... What ends up happening is, is, see, freedom is what, I mean, grace provides freedom. Grace and righteousness. I know that God loves me. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm the righteousness of God. I'm not going to live my life walking on pins and needles and eggshells. I'm going to put my shoulders back. I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to enjoy this life because the Lord gave it to me. Can I get an amen? God wants you to have that. He wants that. for He wants his kids confident. He does. No one should be more confident than us. We should be the most confident people on the planet. Our God made this world. (laughs) Amen? I mean, we're joint heirs with Christ now. Amen? And so, as believers, there's a level of confidence that that God wants to bring into our life, but not a confidence that demeans other people. How many know pride demeans other people? A godly confidence actually edifies and strengthens everybody in the room. Because no one, no one is more or less valued because when you really understand righteousness, we understand no one's any better than anybody else and we all have the same right to God, amen? Um, but this, 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 uh, this love is living. But how I many you know to step out of that place, there's an element of risk, there's an element of trust. This new season for you might just be love. Amen? Showing love to people, Amen? I mean, we're in a time when people need to be loved. And, I'm not, I'm, and everybody needs to be loved, but I'm not just talking about, I'm outside of the church. <sighs> Loving people in the supermarket. Loving the people at the cash register. Loving people, just love, just, just like caring about somebody. Not fabricating it. Not, you know, whipping up some program. Just looking at another human being and think God loves them. God loves me. God wants to love them through me. What can I do? Do I say something? Do I give something? Do I help with something? Because when you when love is dominating your life, you're on the give. I'm looking to give. That's what love does. It gives. I'm ready to give. You know, and 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 that's when life um, becomes exciting. And there's a freshness to that place. Amen. Um, because here, how I many know? Oh, If my only motivation is just selfishness and comfort, I mean, once again, that's just surviving. I mean, that's not a real joyful, happy life. Amen. It's almost like we as a nation, we've we've almost just hunkered down into survival mode. We're not living this year. We're just going to (laughs) survive. You know? And I don't believe that is the case at all. I believe that the time that we're living in right now is the greatest time the church has ever been in, in the history of the world. Everything that we've wanted, everything that we've been believing for, everything that we've dreamed, everything the Lord has shown us is right here on the cusp. We are right at that moment. I mean, and I'm going to talk about this tonight, I think is that, you know, during, during, during times of famine and trouble, the church flourishes. The people of God flourish. Oh, yes. Scriptural. Every time famine hit, God's people flourished. Why, why do you need to flourish? You need to flourish, number one, because God loves you. But number two, God's going to use your life to help people. He's going to use you to help people. And and you can't help somebody if you don't have something to help them with. Can I get an amen? And so tonight we're tonight we're gonna look we're going I think <laughs> that's always prefacing with that because we never know what the Lord's gonna do, but I think that's what I'm gonna share. And the greatest days of our life are ahead of us, man. Love flowing to us, love flowing through us, and us having an opportunity to help people everywhere we turn amen and we're not gonna we're not going operate in that sitting in comfort amen and God's calling us out of that place into a place of action into a place of love. how many know that, that amen so amen <laughs> amen shut up Jeremiah <laughs> all right cool so I'm gonna pray for you so lift your hands up Father I just thank you for these people and uh, Lord I just thank you that you you place this word inside of me. And Lord, I just lift them up, and I just thank you that we, um, as a people, would transition out of complacency and comfort and selfishness. And Lord, I just thank you that you, you, you've been, you've been, you've been, you've been bringing us into a place of not being satisfied with that life. We're not, we're not like everybody else, Lord. We're different. And Lord, I just I just thank you that let let this message just be the the catalyst and ignition point for people recognizing, hey man, we've been asleep, <laughs> we've been slumbering. It's been fine, it's been an okay season, but there's a new season upon us. Lord, I just thank you that your love would bring us into that new season. That your love would flow to us, your love would flow through us, Lord, and we we would uh, we just I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you for that new place, that new season, the fresh pure motivation of love flowing through our hearts, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you.